Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence Podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Hello and welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Um, today I'm joined by Scott Hayden from Basingstoke College of Technology. I'll give it its full title at the beginning, Scott. Um, so hi Scott, how are you? Hello Steph. Yes, really good. One week in now, uh, week two. Everything's going relatively well uh, actually. So yeah, I feel pretty optimistic, pretty positive. Um, happy to share what we've been through because yeah. there's some bits that hopefully will be of use to other schools and colleges because we've, as we discussed um, before, before we started recording, we've been teaching remotely through the COVID-19 lockdown at the end of the last academic year and we're now 100% open at the college. So we've got, yeah, some interesting sort of uh, case studies to share. Yeah, no, that'd be fab. People are really interested in what other people are doing. Um, and you know a little bit about me, you know, the podcast is always about how we can share you know, our stories, challenges, successes, so that everyone can sort of come together and help each other. So yeah, talk to me about lockdown and how was that? It feels like an age ago, but we did it. It was so intense. We all just took our stuff and went home and made things happen, didn't we? So talk to me about how it was for you. Yeah, I remember our senior management team were really agile and um, decisive, I mean, fair play to them. Like two weeks before lockdown, March 19th, was it, around about then? Yeah. The, um, I remember my team and I being on video calls, much like we're on right now, and just sending a link to all the staff and just saying, we're on video calls. If you want to practice being on video, then mm-hmm. click on this link at any point. And teachers were jumping in in the two weeks prior, just practicing being on camera, you know, whether you were too close or whether you were um, at a funny angle or the light was different or the audio wasn't good enough. And we were practicing in class and in staff rooms two weeks before lockdown by just mucking about and playing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something because SMT asked us to do that. We made training videos, how-to animated GIFs, which we put onto our shared space. And documents how-to guides virtual classroom rules and but what i think was most important steph was our principal anthony bravo he went on camera himself and said hello guys Uh, i'm at home right now here's a video of my son playing in the garden here's a powerpoint here's the chat okay i'm doing it we can do this come on and the principal leading by example that made everyone in the staff rooms go yeah fair play he's doing it as well so we better give this a go so that leadership I think was crucial and my team who are made up of student digital leaders who graduate to become technologists in our team they are unfailingly kind and patient and sweet emotionally intelligent people and that's how they get their jobs really that's what i value above everything and they go into staff rooms and train people up on these things so two weeks before lockdown we were doing that so when it happened our wonderful it systems team took out all the tech gave it to all the students and staff based on what they said they needed in a form and away we went Amazing. It sounds great. And I think um, it's really important, the leadership and the messages, the reassurance, the positivity, the kind of, you know, we're in it together type approach. 
undoubtedly are the thing is the leadership that makes a difference isn't it in in times where it feels really uncertain whether it be covid or whether it be any other time you know there are colleges at different points deal with different pressures it's important that leadership leads positively and and kind of very open-mindedly and wholeheartedly is the, is the phrases that I kind of use where, you know, people feel reassured and feel like we're, they're in it together. And I, I really like that, actually. Um, that will have definitely made a difference. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that the idea of openness, you're absolutely right. And that transparency where Anthony was going, I, I might make a mistake doing this, but I'm going to try it. And we would just share and practice and, you know, it was a, quite a laugh, you know, making mistakes for each other. And that was kind of a unique bonding experience. And in the lessons before lockdown, we were um, remote um, beaming in our peers who were perhaps shielding at home or were unable to come in. And so we had this hybrid approach in some of the lessons before lockdown. So it sort of got us used to the idea of using these tools. And yeah. for four years, for five years now, the college has implemented one hour of digital learning or blended learning, flipped learning yeah. into the fabric of every single curriculum from mm -hmm. level one to level four. So whether you're mm -hmm. childcare or engineering, you've got one hour of independent digital study. Yeah. So the students have been used to that approach of independent, focused, concentrated study that develops their digital skills, but also helps them gain criteria and, um, works towards their outcomes. Yeah. So that planted the seed certainly for the students to be able to adapt when it came yeah. to lockdown because we moved entirely online, which of course nobody wants as a first choice. And that's something a lot of MPs are only starting to realize I'm noticing. We're not pushing technology as a replacement. It's only ever a toolkit as something I know you and Lou are very clear about when you talk about these things mm -hmm. online. It's an augmentation. It's um, just a way to connect. And what we found, Steph, through lockdown is that our incredible learning support team in particular thrived, whether it be having separate chat groups or separate video calls or breakout rooms away from the noise of a big uh, video call. Yeah, that was crucial. And we found that the toolkit of the technology we had, the digital pencil case, as it were, really um, started to show its worth and value to those students for whom learning traditionally has never been an option. People yeah. who learn differently, they found that connecting through these virtual spaces and being connected to their tribe remotely, that was crucial. And we got them through. We got them, you know, emotionally and academically that four month lockdown. So using the toolkit and giving them a chance to practice it in the classroom in that one hour of digital learning each week, even though some students don't necessarily like independent digital study, um, they want to be with the teacher and they don't necessarily have the maturity to work independently yet, but we have that ingrained in every single yeah. course. So when it comes to lockdown, they were ready because they were used to doing it and they started to realize the benefit of that independent digital study hour because they had learned to use the toolkit to connect and to keep moving forward. Yeah, and I was, you just made me think of something I was listening to actually. Um, I'm listening to an audio book. It's nothing to do with education actually, but it's about personal development. And she talks a lot about how if you want to change a behavior, you've got to make it familiar. So, and she talks about the language that you use in your own head as well. So if you say, I don't like it, or I'm not very good at it, 
ultimately that's kind of how you feel about the behavior and therefore you don't do the behavior but if you manage to shift the way that you think and therefore speak about something and in this case it's been that you know people may have sort of resisted technology whether they be staff or students because you know they said oh i'm not very good at that but actually there wasn't a choice but i think the colleges that did really well and I know at my end, you know, my team um, at Barnsley were very, we just got out there and supported everybody as best we could. And we supported them, you know, it didn't matter what time of the day it was. It, it was about practice. It was just about have a go. It was about trial. It was about don't worry if you get it wrong, you know, and we did all of that. And that helped people just to move forward with how they felt about technology. Um, but I really like actually that you, as you said, you've got that one hour that's already embedded in the curriculum as part of digital learning that will have definitely helped your students to feel like more familiar to move online when it was, we've got to go, you know, so that I think that will have definitely, definitely helped them. But it sounds like you got, you know, you, you approached it very supportively and developmentally. And I, I think that's, you know, I'm a strong believer that that's, that is the only way to be yeah. if we want to help our teachers to be the best teachers they can be. I think so. I think that, empathy emotional intelligence kindness patience sweet natured approach just to be gentle but for, for terrified you know ego beaten down teachers is something that we absolutely have to approach things from the angle of i've, I've been lucky enough to take on two new apprentices in the last week the lovely um umera and jay who were former students one of whom was a former digital leader again who's progressed into our team here at the college and they were employed on the basis of how nice they are. <laughs> and that's not, that's not so difficult to say that about um, sounding almost condescending, but I shouldn't really feel that way, but I do because I've spent 20 years of being told that I'm not strong enough or I'm not tough enough or I need to be more, but that's, I'm, that's where I've been my whole life. And I'm at a stage in my career where I'm realizing that the fact that my mum is incredibly nice and gentle and sweet and raised me to care about that above most things that's actually a value now in culture in particularly our our sector whereby teachers need that support love and care and um say many things about me but i do care about teachers and i do you know love working with them and people in our team are employed on that basis mm. and i think you're right that is the thing that we're realizing in schools and colleges that we need people internally or certainly supporting in any way who have got that patience because our IT teams in schools and colleges are brilliant They're what they do but it's in many instances a very different skill set to be supporting and helping people with teaching and learning tools as it were and a lot of IT guys have been lumbered with doing that as well as the enormous amounts of work they've got to do as well. So we're very lucky at our college whereby we've got a team who looks after the networks and you know the DNA of the college, the you know the creating the sandbox as it were. And then we've got my team who are very much in the classrooms and staff rooms supporting people and being led by the pedagogy of course and that always, always comes first. Listening to the teaching experts and working to co-design with them. Yeah. I, I've just been talking to someone actually this morning about pedagogy first and I keep using that little phrase but ultimately if we if we focus on the craft and we focus on teaching and learning and then match the tools to that you know we're not going to go far wrong yes we don't have all the answers at this point point, um, but if we keep it based in sort of 
teacher learning I don't want to say theory because that still puts people off but what I'm saying is that you know think about let's think about what we know evidence-based you know what do we know already what is really good teaching and learning and then let's figure out what that means with the technology alongside it not let's use this tool over here just because it looks good or you know it sounds fancy it's got to be about the pedagogy and I think that's where the the power of technology really comes to the fore isn't it yeah it's just I favor post-its and flip chart paper just as much as I do a google doc and twitter you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's just different tools and like I'm teaching at 1230 today and I'm nervous about teaching I've been teaching at 1230 and you still get that those nerves you know because I care about my craft and I love the fact you use the word craft stuff because it is god damn it and we should not forget that you know it's something that matters enormously and I'm at a stage in my career where I've put in roughly my 10,000 hours as Malcolm Gladwell would call it and yeah. you start to find a little bit more flow and it starts to become a little bit more creative and mm. I'm, I'm loving it you know it's something I'm, I'm going to do forever you know I, I love teaching Mm. and if my team in particular it's really important to me they have teaching experience as well so they can empathize and see from the user's perspective as it were the teachers mm-hmm. and understand have those examples to be able to share and work alongside them yeah. really important to me that they know how to do that as well as you know support them with the technology but it's always from the perspective of the teaching experts and what they need because we'll never ever force anybody to use anything we're and we're agnostic about all the brands i know some people in my position or similar positions around the country are very um, evangelical about particular branded God, as it were, that they um, have in their institution. And I understand they're very you know, attractive mm. and they're very cool, all these uh, big companies. And I've been wooed by these companies in the past as well. And um, only now that I look at those pictures and cringe <laughs> because it ultimately the only thing we should be looking up to and celebrating and is brilliant teachers. And, and, yeah. and that, that's the only thing that actually matters. The rest of it, so cold corporate it doesn't have our best interests at heart so i think it's really important to focus entirely on the craft of teaching and to be led entirely by that and to have complete deference to uh, fiona dix in health and social care who's a masterful teacher and going to her and just saying what do you need fiona how can we help you Mm -hmm. Um, and she'll share her scheme of work with us and we can go oh it'd be nice to have a chat group for that potentially or how about we get them practicing being on camera to improve their interpersonal skills if they're in lockdown because in health and social care you're going to probably need to do this in the future and and it happens organically led by the teaching expert always and and that's something that I'm really proud of at the college that we listen to the teachers and are constantly led by them we would never ever push anything onto anybody ever no that's great and before we go I want to ask you about how you've prepared for the new academic year actually because I think people are really interested in in you know hearing what other people are doing and what they can learn and I do want to pick up on the um you know the the leadership you mentioned about maybe sometimes kind and being empathetic is seen as like soft leadership and you know I often have the um you know you're all unicorns and rainbows type type, (laughs) I'm as well Steph I know (laughs) I know it's it's um I know it's been very difficult for me over the last 10 years but culture's shifted I mean it's no longer is what's what Gerd Leonard, I've quoted it a couple of times, but Gerd Leonard, this futurist, he says core skills are what matter in the future. The acronym core, compassion, originality, responsibility, and empathy. The core skills cannot be automated. They cannot be replaced. And these are fundamental uh, in the craft of teaching and learning. So that 
comes first. Yeah, and um, I, I used to take that quite badly at one point, um, but now I realise there's real power in that. And yeah. when, when I say power, I don't mean like ego power, I mean just real, honest, sort of, you know, energy around compassion and empathy and leading with that sort of sense of responsibility for the greater good. Yes. I feel really passionate about that, but I know people will know that I champ on about that on Twitter sometimes anyway and, and LinkedIn. But yeah, so tell me about how you've prepared for the new academic year. What's yeah. been going on? What's your thinking? So we're 100% open at the college, which you okay. know is not, not, other, not a lot of other colleges are um, the same. So mm -hmm. The way we've done it is, you know, of course, very vigilant about masks in all shared areas and all areas at the moment, to be honest with you, even hallways. Yeah. And that's something we're very hot on. Um, of course, anti-back in every rooms. If a student is remote or the teacher is remote, as happened last week with our English and maths lessons, then we beam them into the classroom onto the screen. Okay. And the students can engage via um, chatting or in the breakout rooms or if they're feeling brave, turning on the camera and saying, hello, Dan, I'm not sure about the question here. And they had that dialogue that way. Okay. It starts off with them being on mute typically and their cameras off. But as things progress and they build up more rapport, then we tend to see a bit more people on camera communicating that way. So the hybrid model of having a webcam um, in every sort of classroom like this that can actually beam people in if they choose to be, but safeguarding permitting, of course, only if they want to be, mm. is something that we're seeing more and more. And I peek into classrooms all day, which is what I do. I help out in every classroom. I'm noticing more and more webcams um, in lieu of an actual physical person and they're being beamed in or they're on the Chromebook talking and interacting that way. Mm. And that's happened really quickly. It's really strange how... My, agile and um quickly the yeah. entire maths and english department in particular has adapted to cope with absences and to bring people in and that's been really a nice bonding sort of tool as well for the, yeah. the classes so that has been the primary sort of thing we've been doing our apprentices jay and umera have made how-to videos for staff mm -hmm. to introduce themselves as well which is quite nice mm -hmm. and Again, we're just going around to the staff rooms, Steph, just making sure you're all right, you've got everything you need. Yeah. If they have any issues, then my team go and support them. And, yeah. we're, and we're making sure that we're in their corner, make sure they constantly know via chat or via email or phone call, whatever they need, that we are there constantly. If you're worried about anything, we'll be there. And it's that customer service, I suppose, that we, we pride ourselves on, making sure they've got all the support they need because it's anxiety-inducing, isn't it? You know, making sure you're doing it right. Yeah, there's so much sort of fear, uncertainty going on, and I keep championing the message of, of being imperfect. Yeah. You know, we can't, we don't have all the answers. We can't do everything all of the time. And I think, you know, if we're going to be innovative, Again, some other reading that I've done recently is about innovation being very responsive, but very um, adaptable and constantly reviewing and reflecting what we're doing. And I don't mean measure. I don't mean we've got to measure even more heavily than we ever did. What I mean is, is having the sort of formative checking of what's going on to be able to just review, reflect and tweak and change, keep what's working, change what's not working. Yeah you know, and, and being able to do that. I'm interested in, so in your classes then, in maths and English, the example you used, you've got um, a mixture of people in the class and online. Um, so I'm guessing, I'm assuming now, but you'll tell me different, ultimately, pedagogy has to come first in that 
in that instance because you have to just think about how the teaching and learning will happen you're not thinking about it from the two different spaces that's right so it's going to be their engagement is their attendance Steph so if somebody's at home and turn their webcam and mic off and they go for a cup of tea and then after 60 minutes they log off and think ah got away with that I'm registered then that's not quite that simple we engage them ask them questions they've got to join in on collaborative documents spreadsheets jam boards they've got to do a task on century and then show their progress the teacher can see all that data coming in live so it's difficult to sort of bunk off the online <laughs> lessons um, which you know at first you're going to get that when you start doing these remote lessons but their engagement is their attendance is the sort of mantra that we keep going back to to make sure that and it makes us conscious as we always should be of making sure that everyone's engaged that all the plates are spinning that they are listening they are with us and if anyone's left behind then we circle back round and you know check that objective again so yeah that's something that we're learning on the fly and as you say it's it's really exciting because we're problem solving in real time and sharing in our chat groups with each other what what's happening and we're seeing incredible gains really quickly. Like Justin in hospitality, he's incredible. Over lockdown, he would get his webcam in his kitchen, make breakfast, show the guys what he was doing. And he'd send the menu into Google Classroom and the guys would go off and use alternative ingredients to make their version of it. And then photograph or video it and then share it at the end of the lesson. He would flip the classroom whereby the first 10, 15 minutes was him demoing. But then he'd say, right, leave the class, leave the Google Meet, now go away and do it. And at 10.45, I'll meet you back here. And if they didn't come back, they haven't done the work. Yeah. Um, and what happened is over a period of time, they started to lead on things and challenge each other. Yeah. And that was wonderful. And we're seeing that approach in his physical classrooms. It's sort of, it's interesting how the same mentality is in the physical classroom where they're all physically there. Yeah. They're all now used to the fact that we do this together. It's not just just at the front end, that's what to do. We've all got to contribute. We've all got to um take the lead at times and uh, when it's flipped over to us we are responsible for our learning and that's something that has been an interesting consequence of lockdown the students who are returning to us realize that okay we all do this together it's not just a sage on a stage and I, that's something that i'm really happy about i think that's amazing because i think you know that is i talk about teachers as the leaders of the classroom and the leadership of the teacher you know if they can be kind to themselves in, in that we are all figuring it out as we go along, but then really willing to just try new things, but project that message that we are in it together, that it's not about the teacher just delivering content. And if you think about, if you think about lesson design again, because I saw some amazing things actually with catering um, in, in the last term. And it was, you know, that if you think about, well, how does the technology help me to engage the students? And if you think about how you would normally do it in, in a physical space and then think about the tools that will allow you to get the same or better in, impact, um, that's where you're putting pedagogy first and this sense of community first. That's, that's really crucial, Steph, that sense of community. Yeah. You're absolutely right. In beauty and makeup, those, those ladies with the incredible designs on their sites and blogs, 
using free tools like Snapseed and Adobe Photoshop Express mm -hmm. and sharing their photographs with each other and commenting on each other's work and mm -hmm. going away for a day to try and improve it based on that peer feedback and then coming back and sharing it again. Mm -hmm. It was really vibrant in their chat groups and on their socials, the support and love for each other to elevate the entire class was just profound. And meanwhile, Kelly and Alice and the guys were, you know, facilitating, watching it, you know, in the background, making sure everything was ticking along. Brilliant teaching. Brilliant. So good. Yeah, so good. So what have you done in induction then? Any sort of things that you can share specifically about induction and how you've kind of tried to set off on the best foot forward, if you like? Yeah, so we have a digital induction at the college where every single one of our full-time courses has a digital induction where they learn how to log in, how to hand in an assignment, how to collaborate on documents and presentations, how to chat to their teachers if they need to, how to access a video call if they need to. So they leave that digital induction knowing the toolkit. And then in the flipped learning session each week, the independent digital study session, we continue to consolidate those skills. Every single subject has had that as at the time of recording. Uh, in my induction, I teach media um, a day and a half a week and I've been doing lots of bingo, uh, going, getting around, get, talking to each other. That's still a staple. Uh, dream dinner party is a really good one as well. I give them a circle and they've got to populate with their dream dinner party. Anybody well, alive or dead? That was really good. Good getting to know you task. Yeah. Uh, lots of post-its and flip chart activities to get them talking to each other because when they're in the classroom, Steph, they've got to be doing things that are worth their while what i mean by that is they've been working remotely for months and very well many of them so if we do things with them that they can do remotely then they're going to call us out on it very quickly yeah. so they are doing physical hands-on practical um hopefully vibrant effervescent activities yeah. that just stretch and consolidate their learning because like for example i've got a lesson today and tomorrow i'm doing camera techniques lighting i'm doing you know hands-on stuff because mm. the rest of it i know i can do remotely if i need yeah. to but the but the physical lessons i'm prioritizing as is as are many teachers mm. across the country prioritizing and bringing to the forefront the practical physical stuff that can never be done remotely yeah and that and there is there's that there's the two elements for me that's really important in in face-to-face classroom time it is about the getting to know you sense of community getting to know each other working together which you can't replace online you can you can still build community online and you can still build relationships online but it's there are some things you can't do and i think that spending some the time in the classrooms on that but also like you say then the practical skills um whether it be subject related practical skills or whether it be your holistic person development skills yes you know that i think is really important but like you said what i really liked is you said it has to be valuable to them otherwise they're going to call us out and that's so true yeah the, the team building stuff the bit the human interaction interpersonal skills that's every lesson that's the priority again the core skills we just mentioned yeah that's what i'm focusing every all my lesson plan objectives on that's what it's got to be at the forefront because if they can do it remotely as well as um, then if they as if they were in the physical classroom, then shame on me for not organising my scheme of work. I, I knew this was coming. I knew this year was going to be like this. So it's important to me to use that time as best I can. So yeah, every single physical lesson has got to be vibrant. It's got to be. I've got to be here for the live event of it. I, this yeah. cannot be done any other way. So I'm really conscious of that. 
Yeah, which is great. Um, okay, so anything else has happened in induction that's either been a challenge or that's worked well, do you think, that we might be able to share? What's worked really well is getting a chat group available for every single group. Yeah. So they, so a lot of the guys in the first couple of weeks don't want to talk in front of their peers or they're a bit anxious or that yeah. perhaps they're, in fact, they've been shielding and they couldn't come in or maybe they've had sniffles and therefore mm -hmm. they're awaiting a COVID test result and therefore mm -hmm. they can't come in and they're out of sync. Whereas a chat group in every single class is a back channel for the learning them to check on each other to say oh what's the code for the wi-fi or what time does the coach leave or where's the timetable again and they can talk in the background it's this um, track that runs underneath the course that is something that creating a, a chat group for every course has been really valuable yeah and getting them used to that toolkit in terms of challenges i think the the main challenge as we discussed um when we were before we started recording steph is the fact that when people have sniffles now, we can no longer just suck it up and get on with it like we normally do at FE. <laughs> uh, we have to be more responsible. And that means staying at home, waiting, waiting test results, and only then coming back to work. And the incremental um, pressure on the staff to cover for each other, that's something that across the sector we've got to reflect on because I can see that affecting potentially the well-being of staff um, in the long term. Now, here at the college, we've got wonderful cover supervisors who can help out. and We're lucky in that regard, but not all institutions are the same. And I can see a lot of staff feeling that pressure in this first term, which is already hard enough, isn't it? The first term is yeah. always difficult. But that as well is um, an added layer that perhaps we hadn't anticipated the turnaround of the test results. Yeah. And we can't, I keep saying this to people, you can't keep adding things in if you've not taken something out. And as you alluded to in FE, we kind of just keep adding and we suck it up and we get on with it and we we sort of speak like that's normal um, mm. that we just cope in a really difficult situation. But part of that is reality. I understand that. But part of it is that we have to have a, a well-being agenda at, in, at all points in whether we're planning um, a strategy, whether we're talking about things that are just happening in on a day-to-day -day basis, we have to think about the well-being of staff and really consciously think, well, if we're going to add that in, how can we, what can we take out? Um, because we can't just keep adding. This year will be, if people don't do that, this year will really push people out of mm. teaching, I think. So um, just before we finish, I want to talk a little bit about, um, so you're an EdTech Demonstrator College, a DFE um, EdTech Demonstrator College, and I want to, just tell me what that means and what you've been doing. Yeah, so the Department for Education have taken on, it was 20 originally, now it's expanded to 38 schools and colleges across the country to help other schools and colleges with free peer-to-peer, teacher-to-teacher, support on how to use digital tools in their teaching and learning and we were lucky to be named one yeah i was really chuffed it's a big deal to me i always wanted to do something like that it's, it's a, yeah i'm really so proud of it because it's our team is based around student digital leaders who've graduated to become members of our team and yeah i'm just really proud of the guys so we've been helping schools and colleges around the country with virtual inset days, small team training, um, hopefully in a couple of instances next week, traveling to them and actually working alongside them, which originally was the plan for the project, yeah. by the way. Yeah. We had to adapt, of course. 
and we're working to give them long-term support sustainable support for mm -hmm. about you know three to four month period but then afterwards there's support you know it's a little bit um more at a distance i suppose but certainly concentrated focused efforts get people up and running as it were if they're not quite there yet mm -hmm. and that could manifest itself as having a chat about things or it might be going into team training sessions with curriculum areas mm -hmm. or it might be sharing resources of which we've got many to share mm -hmm. and or it might be connecting collaborating on different projects about english and maths resets for example something we are priding ourselves on doing a little bit differently at bcots so it's completely free it's peer-to-peer -peer, teacher to teacher yeah. i heartily recommend that everyone signs up so you can be connected with people and it's brilliant because i get a couple of days a week two and a half days a week to focus just on that and our team help us out with that as well so use the resource you know we, we're very bad at that i think in the sector uh, you know accepting the help of others and i think we need to collaborate more some people are excellent of course but i think on the whole we need to suffer in silence less and to yes. collaborate more because chances are if you're worried about making a digital strategy then we've got some we can give you some you know templates and you can adapt it to your needs yeah. don't start completely from scratch we've got all these resources to share yeah, and that's amazing. Uh, and, and, you know, um, Lou and I do a lot of bringing of people together, creating communities, creating networks, because we feel really passionate that um, we shouldn't all be reinventing the wheel. And especially around technology or strategy or you know, it's really important that we work together and we, we share because like you say, it's not about just taking someone else's stuff and then just plonking it in your own place. Because you can then be creative, set it in the set in the right context for what's going to work for you. So yeah, I think um, I always encourage people reaching out. How do they reach out to you if they want to talk to you, Scott? Yes, so the DFE EdTech Demonstrator website is up and running, and I'll share a link with you, and we can share it on our socials uh, potentially, Steph. So yeah, it's, sure. yeah it's, you simply fill in the form, and then you're up and running, and then you're connected with a demonstrator school or college that is either geographically near you or in terms of your progress so far um, near to where you yeah. um, are or want to be and they can connect and collaborate with you and you have straight away your video introduction meeting and then the relationship starts it's mm -hmm. great i love it and you know it's, it's something that will genuinely grow and develop us all so i can't recommend it enough Fab. so thanks so much for joining me today scott it's been really lovely to talk to you thank you steph Bye. Thanks for listening to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Leave us a voice message in Anchor. Tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show. Tune in next week for more. Have an amazing week and be the best version of you.